Welcome everyone to another episode of Listen Carefully. I have decided to take you with me on my walk. So we're out in nature and it's a beautiful Labor Day weekend, holiday weekend. And I'm reflecting a lot on my past. I'm reflecting a lot on my abilities. I'm reflecting a lot on my gifts. And I believe that I have the most incredible job in the world because I get to see people clearly. I get to see the versions of them that they have only shared with their own hearts. And it's quite a gift because every single person has a very different perspective and perception on the world. And so for me to learn anything, I get to accept the different versions of me that could learn what everyone has to offer. And especially when people show up with visions that are different than mine, who would I be to say, oh, I can't work with you because we're different? Because then I wouldn't be learning anything. I feel like I have the most to learn from the people who are different than me because it can show me who I truly am and it can show me where I'm currently operating from. I also have noticed that being and being present, it really challenges a lot of our paradigms and a lot of how we move through the world. I would say the majority of people are not taking a conscious choice to be present through their day. And so as a result, they are coming into the present moment with an idea of the past or with an idea from the future. And simply put, if we all loved and accepted of ourselves, if we all knew on a self-worth level that we were all worthy of love and connection, we can equally give that to ourselves. And having that overflow from ourselves, we can allow that to pour into our own lives as we give to others. And as we learn that it doesn't have to be as complicated as we want it or make it to be, but that it can be simple. It's just the reason that it can feel so intense is because we might be working against a lot of patterns or what I've been noticing in this retrograde season, especially with the full moon that just happened. I released and shed so many limiting beliefs and had probably one of the most painful periods of my cycle ever in my whole life to date for since ever. I've had like, I've had pretty, um, you know, manageable symptoms throughout my life, even though I would say I definitely have a higher tolerance for pain. Um, I think that I have been releasing a lot of shame. I think that um, even all of the breakouts I've been getting on my face, it's this opportunity and this chance for things to come up to the surface in order for them to be let go of. And these were deep, these were deep things to come up and out. Um, I've also 
the other part of my job, you know how when I say I love my job because I get to work with so many different people? Well, the part that's more challenging is that um, sometimes people come for the right reasons and other times people are there for the wrong reasons because they haven't um, aligned with or stepped into their fullest version of themselves. So this could look like them holding either unrealistic expectations or them holding a standard for me that they expect me to follow, but that they're not actually willing to um, hold themselves to that same standard. And so it can get it can get really messy. It can feel really messy in certain senses when it is that type of experience because my hope, my vision, my dream, my grander goal, my grander perspective is that everybody can choose to align for the right reasons. Everybody can choose to be here for who they are and everybody has the opportunity and the chance to be seen for that, you know? Like we really do, we really have a chance to be seen. And so it becomes a choice point of, do I trust myself to, to be seen? Do I trust others to see me? And this is where we always come back to self-work, you know? Like, are we willing to come out of the shadows in order to improve our relational dynamics with our families? Are we willing to, you know, rise to our occasion? And I think the most painful part, at least that I've been sitting with lately, is like, I keep trying to understand things that maybe just aren't meant for me to understand. Like I'm over here being like, well, I don't understand why people wouldn't want the best for their family. And I don't understand why people would choose to have family if, if that's not actually what they want, you know? And, and again, we're all operating from the highest level of consciousness that we have. So we're all doing the best we can out here. You know, it's, it's an interesting dynamic and along with the the themes that come up in the play sessions you know like anytime that I'm in a session it's like especially with children you know they have the capability to reveal so many aspects and so many themes in just a short amount of time we meet together for 45 minutes and in that time their ability to come into awareness around so many perspectives and so many things always just blows my mind and I think that that as well is an amplifier of oh yes I I do remember now oh yes this is why people choose to have families it's because children deliver so much potency through the medicine of their own inner workings and just simply who they are as people it's so fascinating and honestly life-changing and so that is the part that makes it all worth it at least for me the way that I see it um and it, it really allows us to take a peek at who we are and gives ourselves permission that we don't actually have to operate in ways that we used to because if the ways that we used to be operating are attached to a story for us, if that story is no longer serving us, then it's likely the way that we're operating no longer serves us. And 
we oftentimes forget that we actually do have the power to create the change. It's just that we're afraid of the version that we're becoming because we haven't become that version of ourselves yet. So along with new versions of self, and this can also come up in themes during the play, just throughout the week as well, um, I notice certain themes around um, winning, you know, and it's so interesting because I went, I um, have a group of friends that we do game nights. And it's so interesting because every, I notice my relationship with my inner critic and how I've always been really hard on myself um, and how I'm really working to let that piece go little by little, time by time. And it's always so amplifying because it really gives me a real sense of like, wow, this must be what the kids that I work with feel like. Because on their scale, on their sense of it, their perspective of it, it's something little, but the little is everything. Just like when I go to game night and I'm like, this is how they must feel, right? Um, But before we talk about winning and losing, I wanted to talk about this aspect of when we no longer recognize an old version of ourselves and what that means for us and what that means for our grieving process. If we no longer recognize a version of ourselves because we're becoming more healthy, there can be grief in that because we might be stepping away from old connections that used to serve us. And what we don't realize maybe sometimes in the moment is that it's creating more availability for new connections and for new ways of deepening. And with the winning and losing, you know, winning is what we think we want because winning can represent success, safety, security. Until sometimes when we do win and then the feeling isn't quite what we thought it was going to be or it wasn't quite what we were going for or maybe it was different than what we were looking for or hoping to feel so when we come to that crossroads it's like we're forced to um, come to that fork in the road right where we're challenged and where we're being deeper in a deeper way we're being invited to look within to turn toward and I really want to mention this Um, for my personal process. Every opportunity, win or loss, is an invitation to turn towards. How do I handle myself when I win? Who am I when I win? Okay, and then how do I handle myself when I lose? Who am I when I lose? When I lose, am I like a wreck? And am I self-deprecating and am I collapsed, you know? Or when I lose, am I nurturing? Am I accepting? Am I understanding, compassionate? And maybe it's harder to do some of those things depending on your relationship with loss, right? So the beauty about play and whether it's games or whatever, it has the ability to pull out these themes within us that to our human brain, we can like classify and be like, oh, well this, or compare, oh, well this loss is greater than that loss and this is because of this, right? But 
notice that that's just when we're getting into storytelling. Those are past events that we're trying to conceptualize. Maybe not be, maybe, that maybe not meant for us to understand right now because the understanding comes. The understanding comes over time with the emotional processing, which comes through the play. That is the first step. That is the ticket. That is what gets the ball rolling. And then the understanding clicks into its framework because it's available to. We have to surrender and give up the needing to know, wanting to know, that um, manipulation of control to understand. We have to trust that resistance is the natural part of the process. It's what's pulling us back to launch us forward. Think of it like a slingshot. Think of it like building up the tension so that we have energy to propel us forward. We have that potential to surpass where we started, right? So just like metaphorically, just envision yourself being slingshotted from each level, right? So if, you, if you're living your life like a video game and if each up level requires you to slingshot, you're going to be in the process of, oh, yeah, mm, feels like we're going backwards. But I'm trusting that going backwards will launch me forward, right? And then when you get to the upset next level, oh, okay, I'm on a new level. I'm adapting to the new level. Everything is new. My nervous system's literally being expanded into new possibilities. And I don't know what I'm doing here. I don't have any business here. But I'm going to become familiar because I'm going to trust that what is for me will be. And because it's here, I will know that it's meant to be. But when it comes to my self-worth, if I'm not fully stepping in, then I get to know, oh, this is a decision. I have to start to assess, what is my decision about this level? Have I decided to be all in on this level that I'm in? So it becomes quite reflective. And then you get the support you need in it because we all need to lean on support so that we can be authentic. We can't be perfect in our healing. There's no one right way to do it and so that's going to change as our preferences shift and I also wanted to talk about building awareness around the present moment I know that it's so easy as adults to really be in our cognition and to really be in our thoughts and to really be in our brain because it's deeply valued in our society, in our culture, we're greatly rewarded for our cognitive abilities. Like this is like obvious, you know? And for the work that I'm doing, I'm increasing my emotional intelligence. I'm increasing my spiritual maturity. I'm increasing so many of these unseen worlds that really take the building of the trust to know that they're there. You know, how do we know emotions are real? I don't know. How do we know that electricity is real? I don't know. But what I do know is that I can trust that, that that's just how I feel. And that's why I have to do my own personal 
journey to now, oh, when my clients walk alongside me, I can show them and guide them and say, wait, I've been here. It's not the same. It's certainly unique to your own experience, but oh, I recognize this bend. I recognize this turn. Yes, this is part of the path, right? And I think that so much of our world, it's like, well, we can't see emotions. We can't see electricity. We know electricity is real, even though we don't know how it works because we feel it. We're impacted by it. And same with emotionality. We don't really know why feelings move through us. But if we can get to know ourselves and get to know why it is that we're thinking certain things, then we can understand why we feel certain ways. We can unpack it, unravel it, and let it guide us. We can actually use it to our advantage as we grow, as we shift. And we get to grow slow. We get to grow as we're ready to take on more responsibility. So while we can see it as a upward spiral, I like to see it as a spiral staircase because I just love spiral staircases so much. Um, there's so many different kind of spiral staircases to it. Gosh, my dream house is going to have a spiral staircase. I know that for a fact. Because just that, just that winding road, that winding road, that repetition of that cycle, going through the motions, you know, taking each step, it becomes, it becomes an anchor for what's being reflected in our lives and in our world. And so again, like when we're building this awareness around the present moment, it can feel scary because the present moment represents the unknown. Everything that's already passed or everything that is yet to come is not here and now. So our connection to our breath and our confidence in who we already are exists in this place. How do we access this when our minds are racing or when we're anticipating stress? How do we come back into balance every time, remembering who we really are and not judging ourselves for the amount of times that it takes us to come back into it? You know? So when we reparent ourselves and when we guide ourselves through our own emotional journey, we get to see ourselves and notice the willingness, the tolerance, the capacity that we have for discomfort. Whatever the discomfort will bring for us, that is our lesson that's going to elevate us to the next level. It's never pleasant and it's never what we want. But deeper down at soul level, I believe it is what we're made for. So our ability to trust ourselves bit by bit becomes a little bit more increased. And finally, something else that I've been thinking about a lot is belonging. How can we belong to ourselves? Because the part of belong makes me think of belonging. What we long for deeply is that unconditional love. So when we take that connection to self approach, how can we show ourselves that we love ourselves unconditionally? What this means for me is using my voice, using my voice accurately, 
using my voice externally to match what I'm experiencing internally. If I'm experiencing something internally and I forget to say it out loud, or if I forget to have it be reflecting accurately, there's going to be a sense of discombobulation. There's not going to, it's not going to be lining up and it's not going to feel um, like it's really fully true because it's not. And so how can we love and accept ourselves anyways in those moments of why is my external different than my internal, right? We don't have to judge it. We can just love ourselves, meet ourselves, and know, hey, where is it? Where am I safe to say that this is different? Where am I safe to remember that I'm allowed to be exactly who I am? And so when we build on the connection to self, we can belong to ourselves. We're never actually alone so that we can be available to align with the people that actually will support us, you know? And I'm always thinking too, this week especially, if I wasn't a therapist, if I wasn't in the self-development world of always learning and always growing and always changing, you see, my job requires me to always be evolving. And this is coming, this comes with growing pains. It comes with discomfort and it comes with um, courage, so much courage. And so like, I'm human too. I am human too. It's not like I'm any different, you know? And I think that remembering this courage too just reminds me like I, I love embodying. I love embodying whether that's feelings, emotions, you know, I always say if I wasn't a therapist, counselor with children, if I wasn't a counselor, I would be a comedian or a singer because I love the embodiment. I love the felt sense. I'm very sensational and very sensory oriented. And my senses have always led me especially when I think back to my childhood, when I think of who I was and who I am, and of course, we're always meeting in the middle of who I was and who I am, because that's actually who I'm becoming, is creating that alliance between the younger versions of myself and the current versions of myself as we step into the, the um, new versions of myself, the more mature, wiser, older, grander versions, because... We all have roles to play. We all have roles to play in our own lives with our inner parts. We have roles to play in the lives of those who love us. We have roles to play in our families. We have roles in so many ways that change us and change and impact those around us. So, like, if, if nothing else, if we can just take accountability and responsibility for ourselves it has the ripple effect naturally. Like it just does. It has that rippling effect. So when we step into that fully, when we step into the embodiment, feelings can't be had without ourselves. We have to see that we are the instrument. We are the greatest value. And sensations can't happen without us, right? Like it takes 
it takes you, it takes me to let allow and surrender to sensation, allowing it to move through, allowing it to take as long as it takes, learning to turn toward every single opportunity. Not that you have to do it perfectly, obviously, of course, but just learning that it's safe to turn toward is a beautiful, beautiful gift that you can give yourself. So sometimes when we're like in comedy and when we're in character, and when I'm thinking of play therapy, it's like when we can project everything onto the play, it allows us to separate ourselves so that it's not like too real and too close to home. We get to actually see ourselves more clearly because we've created the space. And laughter, of course. This is something else I wanted to touch on. Laughter is like the greatest medicine that we can bring, even if that laughter represents releasing pain. So I always encourage you to develop your repertoire, develop your emotional intelligence, develop your um, integrity for yourself. How do you hold yourself? How do you, how are you honest with yourself? Like what are the ways that you keep yourself in check or what are the ways that you are not honest with yourself? Cause that'll show you where you can become more. So that was really the, really the main, um, the main intention today was just to reflect on why this job is so special to me and how it has been the ticket for my evolution. And I'm so thankful. Thank you for being here and cheers to your emotional investments. Cheers to your emotional integrity and cheers to your holiday weekend as you let yourself simmer and enjoy. You know, we all need a little bit of emotional insurance, emotional reassurance. So I'm here to remind you that you're right on track and that allowing yourself to receive all of these things, whether it's sensation, feeling, emotion, thoughts, let yourself receive them. Don't take them literally. Take them seriously, though, and allow them to move through. And, you know, treat yourself the way you would treat your most prized possession because that's who you are. Big love, everyone.